0: It's not a competition, but then again everything is Like trying to have a conversation and afterwards asking who is Every person that you talk to is the co-host of that moment in your life might be one podcast too many, but we're only one small slice of the pie. It's the cultural content consumption appraisal
1: You're here. You did it. You're here. You were so inspired by our podcast. You decided to start your own with your friend. You know the the one with the name, the one with the weird name from school. And you've been doing the thing. You've been you've been watching the stuff. And then slowly but surely, attention has started building. And now you're falling out. And you're talking about it in therapy. And you're probably not gonna stay friends with this person. But hey ho, it's nice to in various ways uh clear out your life and that's the spin you're putting on it that you're clearing up your life and now you have a lot more time to watch your um makeup tutorials on youtube so god bless really but while you're doing that we're out here grinding son we're still going the cultural content consumption appraisal hour is all fine and well how are you doing today
2: christopher i'm okay are you okay (laughs) I'm just
1: I'm just covering that theoretical it got a bit deep and detailed more than expected at the moment. I wanna know what
2: the guy's weird name was at school. <laughs> like for some reason in my head I've got like Gary Baldy or something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Gary Baldy. That was the name. That was literally the name. The first name is or Gary. Much
2: Ballyhooed.
1: <laughs> Let's open out on fire, please, with an odds and ends that as we were setting up you were like, We're getting to this
2: straight away, please. Barbie. Let's-
1: but Barbie is and ends <laughs> okay
2: well it could it could be and it should be it should be everyone's ordinance. well That's I uh, I've I, I partook in Mission Impossible Barbie love um, that while everyone else was barbenheimering yes. the weekend I yeah. was yeah. Well, Mission Impossible and Barbie-ing and I I thought about that long and hard before yeah. the pod and I immediately regret saying it but <laughs> oh well bless you because I was
1: very close to Mission in Piano jones <laughs> 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 like I really, I put that together in my head, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" Well, that's six hours of my day just because of a bit of word play And I figure they're both franchises that are super bloated I will, and I will say
2: that the first three hours of that double bill will fly by because <laughs> the, Mission brilliant. Impossible part, yes. Listen, anyone no one, anyone, yeah. anyone who's got a remote interest in Tom Cruise or Mission Impossible or Jumping Off Cliffs, yeah. just go and watch that movie. It's <laughs> two hours, 40 minutes was, of fun. I was ready to start arguing here and now, but you added the
1: last bullet point on that list. And fair enough. If you are interested in Jumping Off Cliffs, I actually can't stop you and you might have a good time. So fair enough. But um, yeah, yeah to, to raise you a, a partaking in Barbie, we have to just at least briefly acknowledge and nod at the Barbenheimer Um, people, um, I also went on opening day and, uh, just it being such a huge deal for the cinema. is freaking cool. Like people just, did you, was it the same in, um, in your ends? Because here just everywhere was packed. People messaging me from other places. Like this is a whole global thing where people are excited about going to the movies,
2: which is really sweet. Which also proves my point that Marvel didn't ruin the cinema, but we can... Which also proves my point of... Um, nothing... Other movies are good too. <laughs> yes. Do you know what I was thinking? I was
1: thinking um, something about probably Marvel popped into my head with all this, uh, like, hysteria and real fun vibes. I was like, oh, this is, like, two really unique films. And don't get me wrong, like, in terms of my gripes at the original storytelling intellectual property scavenging like barbie is a big like vehicle don't get me wrong mm-hmm. even though greta gerwig put her own personal spin on it but i was thinking like oh it's funny how we had that debate and like i had my whole uh marvel thing and it didn't work out And i was like wait hold on like our judge and our uh and my co-host they they had their points but i'm, I'm still allowed my opinion i i could just i could just still believe what i believe and i i think yeah. marvel sucks so I, I don't know why I just really jumped back on my my, uh, my soapbox when I was enjoying
2: this weekend. I don't know why there has to be an antagonist. <laughs> but then you, exactly.
1: you, you brought it up. I wasn't going to bring
0: up. One <laughs> Sorry. Another. <laughs> so let's just them.
2: let's just go back to saying that Barbie was lovely. And Barbie was, was lovely, and I. Had and a I time. I'm so glad. I think there's other there's like a lot more to talk about it,
1: but it didn't get pitched. Um, and so maybe another time. Did are you gonna see? Even though it wasn't a, a part of the Mission Impossible configuration. Are you going to see Oppenheimer? Looking forward to Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. I
2: pla- yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll hopefully catch it this week. Three hours, just... bro. Three clean oh, hours. Yeah. yeah. The I mean, Mission Impossible of... was two hours 40, and again, I will say it did not feel like it at all. It felt like a concise 90-minute film or something. It was brilliant. That's a very... Maybe that was just Simon Pegg being Simon Pegg, which is allowed.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then another shout for Odds and Ends is that last week, You know, I can sit here and be on my like, enough Marvel, let's have original filmmaking, blah, blah, blah. And then like, I literally pitch a Martin Scorsese film and forget that I've already done that. And I'm like, this is my first, this is my first. And then Christopher reminded me at the beginning of today, I've already pitched The Last Waltz. And it is part, the fact that we're going to get into it today with Feels Like Going Home, series one, episode one of his seven part film series on the blues. Um, It's almost part of a continuum of sort of mm. Martin Scorsese music films. Um, I feel like Christopher and I initially found a little common ground there with No Direction Home, the 2 of Bob Dylan film. And then we had a reunion when we did uh, the Rolling Thunder review film. Ah, oh, what a film. Good, good time. Is that Scorsese as well? Had... Yeah. Martin uh, Scorsese okay. makes a good music film. He has a good time. Yeah. Um, and so then we're... Peter Jackson comes along and goes, hold my beer. Peter Jackson <laughs> did come along, and I can't believe that was a pre-pod <laughs> thing. Pod listeners, we've been talking culture for a good long while and me and Christopher got very, very obsessed with the Beatles get back. Is that a couple of years ago now? Don't tell me like maybe a year. I think it was a couple of years.
2: 2021. the hell out of here? Wow! Oh, I remember that. coming back from an all-nighter and then a Radiohead gig and just lying on the couch and watching the Beatles doc. Really? Oh, <laughs> trying, okay. So yeah. That was a... So that's how I. That's how I come remember when that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Just for <laughs> clarification, this involved me. So when you say an
1: all-nighter at a Radiohead gig, what do you mean? An all-nighter at the Smile gig? yes oh you've made everyone sad now (laughs) we have to talk about it radiohead where are you because we're gonna have to circle back did i say radiohead i think so i mean oh
2: shit we'll go back Uh, if we
1: could just get jamie to go back and have a listen to the recording um yeah it's the smile god i love the Uh, smile but it's not radiohead is it
2: you're seeing a smile on a sunday morning
1: yeah that was that was um yeah the, the very rare sunday morning gig i don't think i've ever done such a it was uh, a really really fun gig. It was near the O2, two, wasn't it? Grenache, mm. and it was such a cool venue. And across from us, there were other band members there,
2: and we were so close to the to the stage. Really really cool seats. But there. you were <laughs> this, this is so just irrelevant for the pod. But what? you were more interested in who was sat next to the band members than the who's your band members. I was also pretty <laughs> interested in the band members.
1: Uh, yeah. But yeah, there was there was Tom York's girlfriend, if we're going to okay. get into it, who else?
2: And also... I think that was, was it. it. All, you, all you kept doing was pointing about Tom York's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, Tom but... York's
1: girlfriend was there. It was a big deal. Um, and there was no Ed, right? So there was Colin and there was Phil. Am I right? Or oh, was it just Phil? Don't tell me. Colin didn't come for his brother.
2: No, Colin was there. I think so.
1: Non-Radiohead people are like, they've actually
2: I... stopped They're, listening. Yeah, they've, they've they've stopped listening. It's fine. We'll just carry on. But will get you I, back. Was, we'll get you I back. was watching... Um, a bit of their 97 glass tape performance and i can't remember what it was but at one point i thought oh that's what ed does but <laughs> <laughs> listener listener and i was close to just messaging you and uh, but yeah, yeah
1: but... welcome to another new trope of the podcast <laughs> it's us lovingly making fun of ed obrien for his whatever it is he does at radiohead god i love ed <laughs> the more we tease it the more i love him but he's just not in the smile so i just constantly am like worried about him and feel bad for him and he's just like because phil's got his thing up but he released a solo album phil released a solo album he's now no, but ed, ed, lanterns ed, on the lake ed, ed, colin, ed is, colin is colin oh. is playing with nick cave ed released a solo album like a couple of years ago now but um it's just funny to be the other guitarist in a band where like there's a Hailed as one of the twenty-first century's best and like innovator, blah blah blah. And then you're just all the other guitarist in that band. It's just really funny. Well, okay, let's let's not introduce not you to score- our. He's
2: not doing scores for um, Paul Thomas Anderson, so he's not doing scores for um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Okay, um, he's Help not. He? What do you?
1: i oh, oh, I thought you meant scores like cultural content consumption. <laughs> <appraisal>. <laughs> Yes, Johnny Greenwood is the one doing scores for for Paul Thomas Anderson films. I was like... What does he 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 give them in
2: retrospect? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I was actually going to say? I was going to... Well, he does a lot of Instagram lives. He did during COVID. He spoke to Paul McCartney. We're we're 10 minutes in, and if anyone's hung on this long, they need to know what the hell this podcast is about, Jeff. Yes. Should I I try and tell him? Please, because the thing is, whenever
1: I've been trying recently, I think I get a bit confused. Um, But (laughs) I'm still convinced there is a way in 30 seconds to concisely just sort of sum up what the podcast is about you've waded through 10 minutes that proves that we're clearly friends that go a long way back and have a lot to discuss but does it prove that we have a fun little format for a podcast if you're if you're here and you're like you know what i might stay with the boys give us 30 more seconds where christopher anusis will tell you what the pod is all about and then make your decision okay 30 seconds starting in three two one
2: hi my name's christopher uh the other guy on this podcast is jeffrey Mm. uh we recommend things to each other because we like getting the other person to watch something or listen to something or read something or consume something or any sort of point of content um we then uh give it some scores in anticipation enjoyment and retrospect or before during and after and then we guess what the other person's score is going to be and the person who's closest wins and that's pretty much it in a nutshell Give me the text. Where is it? What were you reading off?
1: I wasn't reading anything. I was just staring at the it? timer. I was- <laughs> that was great. No, that was good. I, I commend you. I think I think you. Uh, there was a good technique there where you settled in by introducing yourself and saying your full name. I liked that. Yeah. Hello, I'm Christopher. Christopher. I think you did the thing that they talk about in making good art sometimes where sometimes if you're struggling to like write, you should just write to a person. I think you pictured someone ah. and you were actually explaining to them. So kudos. I'll give you a, a Strava-like I'm gonna kudos. I'm you going to make a note of that because I haven't written art in a very long time, <laughs> which makes me sad sometimes, Jeff, Speaking but. of writing art and being sad about not doing it or just Ooh, being sad in are general. Are you talking about
2: writer strikes? I'm, oh,
1: mate. Right. <laughs> this, is, this is a funny thing now because I, I had such a – what I thought was a good segue, but that's also a thing. I was going to actually say, too, speaking about being sad about not making art or just being sad in general – something called the blues
2: yeah mine was better <laughs> <laughs> we can start with the blues we can start with the blues I mean, we start with the blues let's start with the
1: blues the, all the time we've been i've
2: made notes on the blues and looking back i have no idea what i'm talking about fantastic because...
1: i love part of your reviews sometimes is literally trying to interpret notes you've made um <laughs> and you've been starting all our pre-record chat by repeating the <laughs> lyrics and i have them underlined here as you can see hey child Seems to have
0: been the main lyrical
1: refrain that you gained from. <laughs> you yeah, Hopefully, that's not a copyright issue. Oh, it's just, ah. yeah.
2: It sounds like you're saying "oh hi" or the beginning of "Ohio," but I think we're all well, getting it's the. Because thing. I don't have a flute made out of a cane, Jeff. Otherwise, it's I'd be whistling flute. away.
1: Yeah, flute made out of a cane. Start so um, in 2003, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> Uh, got lots of directors on board to make films about the blues. They inc- included Wim Wenders and Clint Eastwood. Um, and was... Wait, wait, wait,
2: wait. Why was I not watching the Clint Eastwood one?
1: The <laughs> Clint Eastwood... Oh, tell, when I tell you, the Clint Eastwood one was about uh, the piano blues. Okay. Okay, I like I, th- I thought, yeah. I mean, that's also a, cu- a cute, cool film, but... Some, there, there is a, a reasoning behind it, but um, mm-hmm. it is also sequential. So the first in his seven-part series on the different types of blues, there's one called The Red, White, and The Blues, which is about the British blues and all this stuff. The blues feels like Going Home is more about the origin, which is why it's episode one. And of all of them, rather than just the producing credit, Martin Scorsese actually directs this one. And as Christopher mm-hmm. and I will discuss, he's also figuring into it a lot as a narrator. There's one really cool um interview sequence where you like see the back of his head and it's like there's marty like he's so into this clearly like the blues is his shit and christopher having watched the last waltz and these bob dylan films now knows that if there's one thing we're dealing with here it is clearly like a music super fan slash super nerd um but this was the first film in the series and was it um let alone you hadn't watched these films before i'm guessing you also had you heard of them do you remember recalling them
2: i I feel like I do recall them mm. when they came out. I feel like they were Back in the like day, Sky Arts or something right, like that. That is where they
1: should live, yes.
2: Yeah, like, so I, I seem to recall... 2003 is a time I remember. <laughs> it's late high school and stuff like that. I, I imagine I might have been interested in it. Um, I would have started... Being in a band and stuff like that, so I imagine yeah. if they did appear on Sky Arts as an advert or something like that, I feel like that's where they would have lived. Mm, if totally, if 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 and when they got released, because I think they were made for TV rather than necessarily. Anyway, yeah, else. no, totally, totally yeah. right.
1: This is a different thing. So, so how yeah. did you find it? There's a lot of there's a lot of cane
2: um, whistle, that more than you'd expect. <laughs> but tell us about other parts. There of was it. there's there's so much to ingest and with only an very, hour twenty runtime. Yeah, I know. Pleasant, um, right? And and even with an hour only an hour and twenty runtime, it was sure. very Martin Scorsese in the way that there was a wire then By the way, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Yeah. In the way that he um, he hangs on the performances longer yes. than you think. Yes. yes. So That's having just watched the Wham documentary the night before ah. <laughs> on well, Netflix, where I'm just slightly. like. <laughs> where, where where it's very snap 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 snap. They never yeah. leave they never leave you on a bit for right. long enough. Where you just like I just want to hear the song. Can I just yeah, hear the song? It's such a good show. Um, mm. So, so Mike Scorsese I, and I've noticed this with all of them, even with the Bob Dylan ones, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Is mm. he will just he will just let the song play, which is yeah. quite nice. It, it is. And you do you, you you. I feel like you get more out of it that way. Yeah, um, you have made me realize but, it
1: never like it never actually says like you know how in other films it would be like okay now this is the song title and it's going to be mm. the whole song. But you're right. He'll hang on it still. So, like a significant yeah. portion of it, yeah. But anyway, do go
2: yeah. on. Let's let's talk through some of your notes um, and what you made. So it, it it started, and immediately I'm screaming at the screen, sort of like, where does he? Where did he find all of this footage? Where where Dude, is he getting all of this information? That's what I was from? thinking. What? Yeah, yeah. And and then he explains it to me, and he yeah. tells me that there are I want to say Lomax brothers yeah. or people. Um, Alan, Alan and, Lomax
1: is the main guy we're going to talk about
2: in this film, but. Yeah, the Lomax yeah. bros he But he also, were, he, he also met, I think he... I've written it down, so he <clears> must have... <throat> I didn't make it up. The, <sighs> he also refers to John Lomax, who Yes, yes um, no, you're right. I think called the dad. Ballad Hunter. The
1: Ballad Hunter, <laughs> I wrote that down too. That's such a notable yeah. thing to be called. So he just travels he, the country at the time. Go on.
2: Yeah, yeah, so he's, he, he travels country in the 1930s finding Mm. thousands of recordings and preserving um what he he said was preserving the past before it disappeared forever which i thought was a nice thing the bet i I very much like that and i think
1: the the thing um that comes before that is scorsese himself says he did one of the most important things you can do which is preserving mm-hmm. the past before it disappears forever, which is really, to me, significant, because in the years since, Martin Scorsese has also been like a big advocate for saving old films and films that could deteriorate and stuff like that. This clearly yeah. means a lot to him. Um, yeah. Big cultural uh, defender and guard. So like for Martin Scorsese to do that sort of stuff with cinema, someone like Alan Lomax, who did that with music, is like a god, right? Because he literally, yeah. without nearly the kind of technical convenience we have today, travelled the yeah. country and got... I mean, at the time, a lot of it was Appalachia, folk, but Mm -hmm. but, uh, the blues, too. And all these kinds of musics that if not for them, like this is one of those rare instances where it's like literally like one or two guys are the difference maker to us knowing a whole world of music, which is quite fascinating.
2: Yeah. And and I should shout out uh, the Internet Archive, by the way, because my tech guys mention it a lot that although we have all of this convenience and stuff like that with technology yes. a lot of stuff still gets just deleted and there is totally. a website out there called the internet archive which literally i think it's a, a not-for-profit or yep. it's something like that or yep. .org or whatever where they literally just save stuff and they you can go there and find old versions of websites and things like that because sometimes there is information out there that's just as important 100 um, um from back in they, the day not as not maybe not as <laughs> as relevant as the the early 1900s blues no i think <laughs> that's from i think that's flirt. super relevant
1: the internet archive especially because i've seen things and um, it bums me out so i never look into it too much i've seen things about certain parts of it being under threat or they have to like yeah so yeah the um i'm not sure un- if you're a regular listener who's not a close personal friend of mine if you would or wouldn't know this but um my favorite writer is jack kirouac and there's a whole school that was set up in the states that was um named after him and a lot of his uh friends after he died like Talk classes about him and discuss all of his works and stuff. It's this school in Boulder, Colorado called Naropa. And at some point a decade or so ago now, at least maybe two decades ago now, to be honest, um, on the internet archive, I discovered they basically have fucking every lecture they did at this school in like the Mm. sixties and seventies in audio format. So like every couple of years, I'll get back into it and just listen to them. And like, it's such amazing. Um, it's such an amazing vault of, knowledge and cool shit hmm. and like yeah every now and again when i see something like the internet archive being threatened i'm like don't you fucking dare that is such a treasure trove yeah. of the internet because yeah as you say there's this illusion of like oh everything's just going to live forever on the internet like nope you have to still make sure you've you someone has to maintain it someone
2: has to make sure it's still there someone um, has to that's, maintain that's, it related. make sure it's
1: still there yeah exactly and they E-book. did a load
2: of work with libraries during covid as well to make i think ebooks and stuff like oh that yeah the people. internet archive there yeah, you go i think it, it was either them or it was someone else i couldn't remember the but work must continue thought, this is
1: inspiring yeah. me this podcast even recording it i'm like i need to go out there and get into the preservation field because it's important <laughs> stuff bro but yeah okay so you're very yeah. impressed by where. He's how is that hard drive i told you to buy a couple of years ago <laughs> <laughs> i've got hard drives but it still doesn't feel it's not, um, the, same.
2: It's not the same um anyway so the, the movie uh it it's difficult to try and talk through it. I'm not going to talk through it. I'll probably talk on points that stuck in my head. Sure. Um, but if effectively, um, it sort of starts um, in Mississippi, the land where blues was born, mm-hmm. allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we meet a character called Corey Harris, who I believe is a current blues yes. musician. Yes. Um, and he goes searching to connect with his ancestors and discover where blues is from. So the movie follows him around, going to all these different places, and he meets these weird and wonderful people. Um, to sort of learn more about the origins of blues, which then then takes him to Africa. Mm -hmm. um, He goes to Mali, yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where he meets more people and discovers more about the Most of these people people being these these older statesmen of the
1: blues, some of them... Yeah. You know, I think what makes it quite moving really is like for a blues fan, it's like, oh wow, he's meeting so and so who featured on so and so from the Jelly Roll yeah. Kings and this and that. But when, meanwhile, it's just like an older black gentleman <laughs> on his porch who's clearly not like, who's a bit ill <laughs> and it isn't like wealthy or well off or anything, but like he has a few like. <laughs> it's probably that classic thing of like to him, he's like, oh great, another like fanboy, like, but like <laughs> I'm not like make, I'm not like rolling in dough from this. But there's a certain. It's a hipster sector of musicians who think i'm the <laughs> yeah. fucking shit which it must be quite surreal for them but it's so sweet like i think in choosing Corey harris which by the way occurred to me re-watching the film like this must be as big a deal to a blues musician as getting like yeah. the big role in a film martin scorsese yeah. picking you to basically be you're going to be the audience's introduction to all this as the younger man so yeah. sick but he's clearly such a gentle like listener type and young mentee yeah. to all these uh stand-in mentors he's i think he, he he plays the part really well did you did you come out of the film liking like Corey harris like oh that was that was liking. yeah he was cool it seemed really cool it's, it's, right it's, it's,
2: yeah, of course he's cool speaks french <laughs> he too really yeah, really good just, at the blues yeah and every now and then when he's watching some person play some sort of music and he's just sat there and he's just like nodding along oh go, man, he's got a really cool good man. vibing face yeah he, yeah he, he's got a vibey face
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally oh he's the man
2: <laughs> um what what I found interesting though is with everyone he met, they all had completely different takes. Almost well, sort of different takes on what the blues meant to them. Yes. Which yes. which meant that it's the same, but it's completely different to, yes, to everyone. That's true. Like there was there was one guy which quote was which I thought was was funny was that he says everyone listens to the blues and thinks it's about a woman yeah. and like um, being in love with a woman or the woman doing them wrong when actually the woman they're referring to is their boss man yeah. from when they're working at the plantation and stuff like that and it was yeah. like, she say, done like she's done me wrong she's taking all my yeah. money you yeah, can't say that about your me boss. Right. and yeah, yeah they, they can't sing about their boss so they just say it's a woman which I thought was really interesting that's super fascinating um, yeah that must at least be part of a lot of those songs and then on the other hand
1: you've got Sun House who comes out here on one of those interviews and he's like young people they, they think they can just come up with anything to be the blues the so-and-so blues it's not there's only one type of blues it's between a mm-hmm. male and a female that's in love and he really emphasizes <laughs> in love i really yeah. enjoyed that yeah it's right because if if you watch it thinking oh, okay they've just taught me then another guy will completely uh contradict and, and tell you what their take is you're right and it all mm-hmm. somehow doesn't like fully contradict it just like fills out this picture of what
2: it means to all these different people yeah and it, there was a story about um how you always see these old blues musicians in like suits and all mm. like doled up and stuff like that mm. and they were basically saying that um i think it's when they were talking about robert johnson, robert johnson and yeah. and and his and his and his mate who i didn't catch the name of yes. he was talking about robert johnson mm. for a lot of it um it, it was like when they were sort of literally just hopping on trains doing gigs hopping on trains doing gigs always constantly moving And he was seeing said that like if a broad likes you Then she'll put some clothes on you to keep you around so that you can sing some songs to her. So, which is why they were always sort of, they'd they'd meet these women who have money and they'd put clothes on them just so that they could keep singing their blues songs to them because they enjoyed it. I I just thought that was
1: quite. This guy, Robert Johnson's mate, he was like, well, because they showed him one of the two only photos that exist of Robert Johnson that he'd never seen before. And the interviewer was like, oh, he looks a bit fancy. He was like, well, I can tell you this because my wife isn't here. And then he goes on to say about (laughs) the
2: woman will put a good pair of clothes on you, a good uh, suit of clothes on you. So so this Robert Johnson, there are only two photographs of him. And there are only like 29 songs out there. But those 29 songs get covered by everyone all the, time, which I, all the yeah, time, which I thought was fascinating. Probably the Black Keys have done them. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, yeah, the Black Keys <laughs> are a great shout when we're talking
1: about this stuff. There's a few, there's a few different routes into um, past episodes that this, uh, the branches of the blues sort of touches and the Black Keys are definitely one. Um, I feel like they cover in the film, sweet home Chicago. That might be like the most well-known sort of standard Robert Johnson song. But Yeah. His legacy is mad weird and crazy. Like, as you say, 20 something songs, he died super young two known photographs of him and like imagine if he'd uh, stayed alive that sort of influence he could have had I guess one question I wanted to ask was because it sounds like you appreciated lots of different points of the film did any mm. on a first watch I've watched it quite a few times now this film I really like it I really have a good time with it I've gone back to that thing of um, I hope your scores are locked in already and it is what it is yeah, I've yeah. gone back to that thing of like oh let me just recommend one of these things that's really precious to me and that I love a lot but um, did did anyone particularly of the people he went and met strike you as like oh he's like he might be like my fave like i might go look into him like all of them are so pleasant in different ways right but did anyone particularly come out as a as a fave or just generally like different people with different reasons
2: none of them really stuck with me mm. other than cory harris yeah, to be yeah that works <laughs> yeah
1: cory works i actually looked yeah. him up on spotify still going bless his heart so that's really cool because yeah. this is 2003
2: now um, and, and i spent a lot of time looking at it's gonna sound really sad i looked at i was looking at the technique of oh how they totally sound, I, fa- I found audible. that fascinating dude such different like, ones per guy right yeah yeah and it's 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 very much you can see it's they've picked up the guitar and just something with, out. figured something out
1: isn't and, it because i think they they yeah. um they make the specific distinction between if i'm going to remember right now come on now mm. uh robert johnson and sunhouse so I think mm. Corey Harris was saying that Sunhouse was like, bong-gang, bong-gang, and like, sort yeah. of maybe... Whereas Robert Johnson was a bit more, uh, a bit less country or something, a bit more urbane and sophisticated. He was the first guy you yeah, could tell was and listening Corey's, to other music. Corey sort
2: of said he was the first guy that sort of did the chunk, jing chink, 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 mm. chink, chink, The ching, classic ching, perennial ching. rhythm yeah. of the blues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, and then... And then I like I think just that other layer of then going to Mali in Africa and talking to Ali toure if I'm pronouncing his name right, and the links mm. he's seeing, you know, he's another one that when you talk about... There was, about, some,
2: like, there was something me.
1: shady going on with that
2: guy, right? I, <laughs> is it not just me? But there's something shady. He had, like, the whole brigade come out and welcome him with a the plane. Then he introduced him to his second wife, which suggested there was a first one locked in a cupboard somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and he had like 15 kids i don't know it was just you're
1: not even mentioning the fact that when he got there there's like a gun going off and it was like as a sign of welcome and you could tell the camera crew are freaking out and he's like no don't worry welcome welcome it's really but the
2: guys who were shooting these guns to welcome him looked really pissed off about it they were not into the music were they they were like
1: whatever (laughs) i'm doing my job he told me to shoot the guns oh man that's really really funny because Uh, I wouldn't have phrased it in such a way because it's been such a long time since I watched this film. It was just like putting on a familiar pair of slippers. But as I'm watching it, you you put it very well. Something's going on. He himself, speaking sincerely about loving music, seems to be like an eloquent little poet of a man. He himself in isolation is amazing. But yeah, I think to be honest, um, as someone who's never been, I think it might just be early 2000s yeah. africa and lots of vibes and that is a thing yeah. in certain cultures to have more than one wife of course and there's a lot going on economically so like you know just people are like, hey you know having guns to welcome someone and then everything is fine actually is a happy ending to the story for a minute you're like why does this gun keep going off and but everyone this, it, and then they just keep pouring more gunpowder yeah, in gunpowder like, all... <laughs> lots of shots of the gunpowder let's look at the guys sort of like chewing cud or something as they put the gunpowder in But every musician he speaks to when he's in Africa is like a super soulful, in touch with the spirit sort of kind of chap. So that's the nice side. Um, And you're right; there's lots of lingering on songs. Um, We could just chat it right up, and we have done so already. But shall we? Shall we? Shall we
2: get to some scores? Sure, 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 sure. sure, sure, sure. I, I'm trying. I think you're going to be upset with mine. Oh, really? Yeah, you're going to go, what? No, fuck off. Ah, blah,
1: blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it
2: does sound like me.
1: It does. <laughs> it's a good impression. What? No, fuck off. There you go. Um, so yeah, nah. I think, uh, I I thought it could have been a pretty simple one, actually. So it's interesting you say that. Uh, I thought it might have just ended up on a three for anticipation. That was where I was a bit mm. like, eh. But like I, I don't know. I was I was thinking two two fours going after a four for enjoyment and a four for after, but maybe there's one more three in there than I than I got right, if you're saying I'm gonna say fuck off.
2: And I'm being a hundred percent honest here. Sure. Yeah, these are locked in. Yeah. This is how I felt. Alright. But my anticipation was a two. Okay. And I don't know why. Sure. But I felt very deflated after the pitch last week. Oh. And it, it was kind of like it, it came left field. I wasn't expecting it. In my mm. head, I was like, he's going to give me some cool new albums to listen to. And that's kind of where the vibe was I was at. Mm. And you're like, here's this Martin Scorsese blues documentary from 2003. Mm. And I was like, oh. Oh, interesting. So then, yeah. So, and oh. I don't know why. And and yeah, yeah. after watching it, I feel completely bad about that now.
0: Oh, that's but what, that was
2: yeah. my that was my honest anticipation. I was struggling mm. to get around to it. I was just like, oh, when am I going to? You need to be in a, a mood to put on something like that. I mean, I this, this is
1: this is super. The interesting thing about doing this podcast, right, is that sometimes <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, I hope they get what flavour I'm into this week in this, like, super old film about the blues. And you're like, oh, I was trying to, like, listen to a new Lana Del Rey album or something. And it could just, yeah. <laughs> okay, so two, fair um, enough.
2: But then, and then it was a three in enjoyment and a four in retrospect.
1: Okay, fair enough. So altogether, we were two off. Because I was one below on anticipation,
2: one below on enjoyment, and nailed it for after. And I feel like I need to apologize every time you get my scores wrong now. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I
1: feel like, uh, I feel like, was there, was there any, um, was there any like hovering between three and four for enjoyment? Because you're, you're saying all the good things. What
2: what kept you from giving it a four? Um, Not enjoyable enough. Probably. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably the reason it's a four in retrospect is I feel like there's ah. so much in there, it's difficult ah, okay. to take it all in, sure. in one, and you know how I feel about podcast and watching something and panicking about having something sure, to and bring sure, sure. stuff, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think always with docs, I'm always a bit, you've got, you got to be worried about that enjoyment, Mark. That's <laughs> interesting, like, and it's,
1: it's also like, um, is there a bit like... This is educational as opposed to just it's fun, feel what you feel, tell yeah. me after. It feels like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have a take. This is trying to teach you something. Oh, that's interesting, yeah. But at the end of the day, the four for afterwards is quite nice. And I'm not too, too off. So starting off right today, and I wonder how you're going to. You're actually go. bang on two off. <laughs> yeah, bang on two off. Bang on but two, off. two off. you said two, too off. Two off, exactly. Hey, Char.
2: Um, and now it's time for <laughs> hey, me hey, to review child.
1: something very differently. Can I just oh, we say. Oh, didn't, we didn't
2: mention. Mm. Did we mention. I mm. can't remember if we said it before the pod or after the pod, but mm. making a, a flute out of a cane and that, that, that guy. Oh, yeah. So that and guy was a big part of
1: this film. What did you want yeah. to say anything about him? Did you, do you, you like oh, him? Cause I
2: can't remember his name, but it was
1: a very oh, I think his name film. was Otha Turner
0: the, or something.
1: And they dedicate yes. the film to him. Cause I think he passed away not too, too long afterwards, but like, yeah. his
2: and they end it. They end the last scene is like, him performing, yeah, some some show or something, which and, I think was sweet.
1: I think they show him sort of teaching one of the young kids to. Oh, one of my favourite scenes yeah. in it is this guy, the guy who talked about the boss man stuff, mm. him teaching guitar to a young chap. And then he's like, can you yeah. do it with your eyes closed? And it's just a really simple scale. But the, the little boy like closes his eyes and squeezes them. And he manages to pull it off. And it's just a very sweet moment of seeing it, how it gets passed down genera- generationally, some of this stuff. And when you speak about different yeah. kinds of guitar technique, the guy with the cane, to me, is like the best example of like, what the fuck even is that? It's just this really yeah. sort of like homemade thing. But like he's he's getting a tune out of it. And it somehow speaks to like the earth and roots and the blues. And yeah, you're right. He was quite a notable guy too, and a good interview. And that is another, um, good part of it. You know, the good interviews. Now I did something very different this week. Didn't I? I also do have to say, you know, it's going to be relevant to this potentially, but like, it's funny about the, I almost went four across fours across the board for you. Um, Mm -hmm. because last week when I gave it to you, I left with this feeling of I'm, uh, you're describing the vibe you felt, and I'm sort of just going off an um and an R, ah and your facial expression. And I properly came off the pod thinking like, he liked that one. Oh, he liked my pitch. Like, <laughs> like you, you probably did it. Oh, like a, that's a that's a le-, like you did the reaction as if it was a left field turn, but I took it as a positive. Whereas in your head, you're like, oh, so that's just really funny.
2: That I need to go back rel- and listen to it, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should go back and listen
1: to it, or just look at people's faces when I give them gifts more. Um So with that said, and me being too off, we're about to speak about. It's Always Sunny in the Always Sunny podcast, rather, episode 70, the episode title being Marda and Roselle, which are the surnames of the two writers who feature on it as guests. And right from the get-go, I was enjoying myself because one of them, I can't remember which, you're going to have to help me here when there's an occasional mm. who is who moment, but uh, one of them has never... Even oh, I listened. can't remember. I don't know which one was which. <laughs> one of them has never even listened to a podcast before which is yeah. really funny <laughs> and
2: they roast him for that because i'm like god how do you live <laughs> and did charlie and did you enjoy why charlie so it's just Help out charlie day listener, right it's, so yeah so it's always in philadelphia one of my favorite shows mm. um i've spoken about it before i've pitched it before on here to yes, jeffrey it has to um it now has a podcast uh they're now 70 something episodes in and what they're doing is basically doing um episode by episode from season one um, and the three main guys who created the show, Glenn Howerton, Rob McElhenney and Charlie Day, uh, will sit around and talk about each episode with Megan Ganst as almost the mediator in the background. Um, and she's now a writer on the show as well. Um, but occasionally they throw a curveball and they'll just bring Danny DeVito in and do a Danny DeVito episode or they'll do some sort of, they'll do their own little specials. Yeah. Which it's a great idea, Jeff. We should think about doing it Acquainted specials. with
1: that and guests, <laughs> guests, specials. <laughs> guests. Yeah. The break up the and natural sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Um, but they were writing uh, the current season, which has now been released, I think, at the time um, when this came out. And they brought a couple of the writers in to mm. have a discussion with them because they'd written on about 11 seasons of the show. Um And I thought it was timely with the writer's strike and whatnot to pitch it to Jeff. And Jeff loves a podcast. He likes doing research. He likes yes. the behind the scenes. All the things. He would find it enjoyable.
1: Yes. And I did. And as... um, The commenter, because sometimes if if you're equipped enough and if you're resilient enough and if you're not taking it personally Mm -hmm. I'm saying this to a lot of celebrities out there who bellyache about social media sometimes it's a bit fun to get there in the comments and have a little perusal Mm. and um, at B1L
2: b zero or oh, is there? Co- do we read in the comments for this one as well? yeah
1: i mean this was just a good comment that i think speaks to what we're talking about gives it a bit of context that these two are brought on during the writer's strike is no coincidence charlie's a smart guy support writers a machine only approximates excellence which is a nice little way to put it that they sort of refer to it without getting into it but basically this episode dropped on may the 22nd of this year where i think the writer's strike was in the works but wasn't happening yet and so Mm. low-key this episode kind of deals with the importance of writers right and yeah yeah, to get right into it this is my shit
2: uh but and uh, it's just charlie day interviewing them as well right so the thing Um, is rob and glenn glenn They're both not
1: there and they make fun of them for not being there. Um, I think the writers are really funny. They keep saying like, uh, I'm sure they're really happy we're here. I'm sure they're really excited about listening. Like they're just, you know, there's clearly a lovely vibe on this show of like everyone roasting each other, but it's funny that I've never, you know, I've enjoyed the show and Mm. but I've never enjoyed the podcast. So I don't know how much of a departure this is. I almost now want to watch a Charlie Day hosting Podcast, podcast or he just interviews people maybe about shows he's on and stuff because I think the most to get right into what touched me the most, it was Charlie at some point talking about how um, he like, there's lots of reminiscing. There's lots of talking mm. about bits, right? But there's also just, yeah. this is always a thing that uh is to me like the lifeblood of any creative project and why it's worth your time to get into it, which is like, it's just like, Oh, I miss spending time with you guys. I miss seeing you guys. There was such a good time mm. hanging out. And at the end of the day, sometimes i see some of these things as just elaborate ways creative people have to come up with elaborate arbitrary ways to hang out <laughs> and it's yeah. like we need a thing and for them this show and o- almost like up, two
2: friends who like talking to each other every week making a podcast quite right making a podcast so we could talk to each other every week 100 <laughs> no there's i think there's something to it for like you
1: know i think that's the most sort of grassroots level right and then all the way up to some of this blockbuster stuff or like Uh, people who have collaborated over and over, like Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro, they're probably like, well, I'm glad we had that project. So I got to talk to you a bit and see how you're doing in life. Like, I definitely think there's part of that. And I think the way Charlie articulates that is really sweet because he talks about how, even though It's Always Sunny is quite a curious example, right? Because it's still going, but he's like, they're no longer on the show. I think one of them works for Rick and Morty. One of them works for Dave now, these different shows. And they were on it for a long time. It's Always Sunny. But he was like, we're never going to be that same show. We're like, we were almost still figuring out what we would be and we're just in our little bubble and, you know, around, I think he's talking around the season four to six range and like we're in our little bubble and we're just making each other laugh and, like, we haven't settled into a rhythm yet and it's just for us and, we're like, it's just kind of sad to me. We're never going to be there again, proving ourselves Mm. in that same space and it reminds me, like, you know, everyone's least favourite person in music, I think, made this point. I think I remember reading it years ago, Bono was talking about how as a certain level of stardom you get to where you come out on stage and everyone's cheering for you before you've even played a note, which mm. is nice, but also like he would always talk about, you know, and you two, all the successful musicians you love, part of their hearts are broken that they'll never get this back, which is going on stage and just having to earn it and not having yeah. applause as just a, you've shown up in our city, but as a, we've in really enjoyed the song we weren't fully ready for thing. And I think Charlie sp- is speaking to that. Like it's always sunny now it is an institution. And I think it's yeah. just so funny how like even me and you are are at our age, right? Whether it's this podcast or another musical project or whatever, I think we're all looking for like recognition and a bit of a claim and a little audience. But like once you've got a certain level where you don't have to fight for it anymore without fail, I hear the artists talk about missing these days where you're a bit more grinding <laughs> for, you know, and looking for it and improvising and all this stuff. So hearing you know just this in the weeds chatter about creativity and going through the process of making it's always sunny um was really really fun for me and yeah it's like i don't know i feel like they were talking about some of the classic episodes and i've i've enjoyed them i have i don't know what is separating me from being an enjoyer and a fanboy because i still feel like i'm not a big fanboy but if there's one guy who's going to make me a fanboy it is charlie day they made a funny point i want you to speak to it as an it's always sunny fan sort of jokingly asking each other about like if um charlie asks how much of uh rob and glenn changed right <laughs> yeah right. And, and then i think megan was like oh good question and like charlie's clearly a bit like he's he's listening to podcasts out here he leads a podcast really well um and i think they all say like charlie's changed the least and the others have changed a lot and they sort of tease them like from you watching the podcast does that seem to be true because 100%. <laughs> What's the deal?
2: Yeah. Is it like... I don't I don't know why. <laughs> I it's think... just because I always feel like Rob and yeah. Glenn, and this might be wrong or not, yeah, yeah. but there, there just seems to be that they have slight more vanity, I feel, than Charlie mm. does.
1: Charlie, I think they but say...
2: Every, everyone has vanity. To a um, point, 100%. But, yeah. To a point, but I feel like they have it. Charlie kind of has it, but yeah. he'll take it or leave it. That's <laughs> kind really of funny, fun. yeah. He definitely comes across that way. Like Marder and Rizal yeah. themselves, the writers,
1: they say to him, like, uh, you're a simple man. You just want to do some jokes and go home and sit on the couch or whatever. Like, yeah, you can definitely... Yeah. Whereas, I don't know if it's Rob or... I think it's Rob, isn't it, who's doing all the stuff with Ryan Reynolds. He's yeah, yeah. on a mad one. like He's on a mad one. and you he, can't, rate he can't it.
2: rest. He
1: can't, can't it. rest. It's, it's a really funny thing about different people, right? Because part of me really rates that that level of like yeah. doing stuff all the time super proactive super productive but then i'm also but like you need that that's the
2: reason i feel like the show is successful is because all three of them bring their different element to this it. is true right yeah, yeah but yeah, what yeah. i enjoyed was realizing that when i'm sitting there watching a joke at home yes it might it. Ha- some of the greatest bits haven't come from those three but it's come from two writers so that i didn't yes. know existed until this podcast yeah, Which, yeah yeah also talking about how green they were at the start one of my favorite little anecdotes is how the mm. writers turned up in season 3 these two guys. Yes. And immediately this showed how little Rob Glenn and Charlie knew about what they should be doing Computers. because they went what's for what, what's for lunch? Where's my oh. computer? Yeah, yeah, and all this yeah, yeah. sort all of stuff things, and they were like yeah. wait. What? what we get lunch we're meant to get lunch so then like bob mckelhenney storms out down the hallway and goes screams at someone at fx and then suddenly comes back and goes we got lunch guys Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like and this. they're
1: getting computers like until they <laughs> yeah. talked about having computers on another show they weren't asking fx for computers and then they got to because of these two writers it literally was like hold on yeah. their work is like my work i had to bust down doors to get an extra computer at my work are they literally having the same thing like yeah you're right it's yeah. really funny because i think you had the funny little dynamics that yeah, the most funny when you're looking back years later yeah. where the, the the it's always sunny boys are like almost learning from slightly more established writers who have been on other shows whereas the two writers yeah. who are big fans of the show are like super nervous about getting their dream gig and like yeah. so everyone's just must be to some point tiptoeing around each other but also learning from each other So that's really sweet too um i, I really even yeah i so shit i so see the show as the crew on camera creating it more than most shows that you're right the the best part of this podcast to me is just seeing that oh there's like other people involved not only other people involved but other people involved who like almost were like the heads of creative to a point for like many many years of the show and like made a big difference to the flavor of it and when they came back this current season it was a big deal and all this stuff because i literally Mm. assume it's always them but the amount of episodes they've now done of course they had to hire writers at some point right
2: Uh, And one of the storylines in one of those seasons as well was actually their pitch in a script to get the gig as writers so like they had to i I think they said that they had to pitch almost like a always sunny storyline as a way to get the gig and and one of it was um the gang applies (laughs) <laughs> danny DeVito's um's character frank is in a street gang called the yellow Jackets. oh yes and they sing around go walk around singing 50s bebop <laughs> or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and that that ends up being a storyline on the show that's fantastic that's just, just quite funny
1: that is really funny and like yeah part of me when i when i hear stories about this i'm like oh yeah like writers as a team because at some point they really mm. liked these two and then they ended up hiring a lot more writer teams i'm like forget the podcast me and you should be like writing spec scripts what are we talking about the amount of same shows <laughs> we like i think at some point was it a golden girl script that was going around hollywood that got them hired or something but like the amount of yeah. spec scripts like it's like it's almost a bittersweet part of getting into behind the scenes stuff to me when i'm watching this because i'm like this is just the way to go like maybe not hollywood at this very minute in time with all the strikes yeah. going on, but like <laughs> Uh, hey looking for writers Jeff yeah yeah I don't know (laughs) shall I be the one to be like listen I don't care um no I support the strike fully uh but yeah like yeah it just made me very uh bittersweetly want to be part of that world because they also describe like just not having settled gigs for a while like it's not all roses you know and having to struggle and work and you know the spec scripts for stuff I've been I I, it gave me this memory of being in high school in a, a um our old high school shout out whitmore um, and being in a french class and like meanwhile i was like looking through this magazine reading an article about buffy and trying to write my own sort of spec script and at the time i think i would have might have used the term fan fiction but you're right like you're right i was trying to like adhere to the rules and write a fucking spec script so like these years later, I wonder if I had to choose a show, what show I would choose, because I think I think that's just a good way to spend time. And I insist that at some point you and I dip into that and try and write scripts together. I think that'll be really fun. But um, hearing uh, Marder and Roselle even have another gig and they go to that gig. And I think it was called what was it called? Cavemen. It was a show yeah. called Cavemen based on an advert that then the exec of the company said they don't want it to resemble that advert at all. And it was a bit of a head fuck. And they said it was one of the worst things ever on television. But even when it was just a good, (laughs) solid job to have, um, they were describing this frustration of, like, they kept thinking of sunny jokes and sunny plots, and, like, it was really frustrating to them. Um, And just, yeah, this is all the stuff I'm here for. It's very in the weeds, and you have to be into comedy, and you have to be into writing. Um, But this is the sort of thing that might make me, in a backwards engineering kind of way, get into the show Mm. more, because I do love this sort of stuff. Um, I always have my ways, Jeff. You do have your ways, (laughs) but... um, you know if we want to get to scores now um similarly to you it's funny like i don't want us to come out the gate every week here with our twos <laughs> <laughs> i i sometimes use your gauge now of like how easy was it just to throw don't it on give
2: me your scores before i give you my scores. this is true, this <laughs> I've got is guess true. Your scores.
1: i just wanted to speak about that feeling of like yeah it into your timetable and was it the flavor you were after anyway i think
2: it's almost i mean you could have watched did you watch it on youtube or did you listen to it youtube oh mate if
1: something's on youtube i'm watching it on youtube shout out to me for getting today to record officially (laughs) because i want to start working on putting up video at least clips if not full episodes but as i think much more than you right i'm a huge like i love the pods that i do like going on youtube i like looking at people's faces
2: So did you see the little clip of Roddy Piper as well?
1: Yeah, they put the little clip of Roddy Piper and Charlie talked about pitching him the line about um, I used to have kids or whatever the line
2: was. Or I have kids. Oh, oh, you've got kids? He's like, yeah, I did. No, yeah, yeah, I've got kids. Uh, not
1: anymore. Not anymore. After a nice long pregnant (laughs) pause, which is really fun. I think there's like a 10 minute jag of them all just like literally listing bits and saying who might have come up with that, which is such a like... Ah, oh, you've all just worked on a show for years. That's so nice. Yeah, you just want to be part of the gang. Don't you just you? want to be part of gangs, mate. Um, but so yeah, you, want, you wanted you you want scores.
2: I do want scores. I I humbly request. Uh, so, in anticipation, I went with a three. Mm. I think. And then I've already talked to you through my score. There, haven't I? You said it was a two. I don't yeah, know why it was a two. I don't know why it was two. Anyway, um, so I'd use a three. Yeah. I then had a four in enjoyment Ooh. because right out the bat, Charlie talks about listening to a podcast with Paul Thomas Anderson. And if that didn't get you an enjoyment, then... I he talks, he talked on. about a few things where I was like, oh, this is funny. Like, he talked about Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, he used that
1: as a def- not a defense of the podcast, but, like, trying to get one of the writers to listen more. He's like, if you yeah. like Paul Thomas Anderson like me, you can listen to Mark Maron and him chop it up for, like, two hours, which is so true and what you should say to someone who doesn't listen to podcasts yet. I'm almost like... Mm confused I, I literally feel like they could have done half an hour on this guy not listening to podcasts like explain it he was like i listen to music i listen to german techno music and i write my show like what are you talking about um it's really really interesting but i love charlie's defense of it he also goes on a nice jag during one of their better help adverts talking about how he- therapy is for everyone therapy therapy and I was oh like, you didn't oh. skip the ads i wasn't skipping that as emas like it's my first time on the pod i wanted to see how they do an ad read with the classic like every other pod i listen to does these same ads how do they
2: do it so no yeah i, I did listen so you thought four for enjoyment No, okay. so what it was it was better help and what was the other ad
0: oh uh, what was the other ad? oh Viori,
2: i think it was some weird was that the clothes one wear. yeah 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 on the podcast
1: talking about
2: ads on other podcasts like if you
1: want to be in the weeds in the podcast weeds ladies and gentlemen you've come to the right podcast we're the podcast you know we're you. gonna
2: do, actually no i won't do it because um, we're gonna do an ad what are we doing no no no. no. i'll tell you i'll tell you off pod because <gasps> have we
1: done that yet. thing to the listeners i'm always super annoyed when i listen of like don't drop a thing that isn't for me i need to know what it is now
2: that's fantastic
1: well Ooh, listener, i get if, to. Know. if it works Shame. if it
2: works then we can do it <laughs> oh, okay
1: we're gonna drop it an ad list uh spoiler i think that might be what you're talking no,
2: about no 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 because no, no. we don't need any money yet no we don't we've got no. enough people on the patreon anyway so it's let's fine. go patreon they're keeping, the us going. they're keeping the lights on anyway so it was a four i had a four in enjoyment okay. a three in anticipation doing yeah. it backwards just confuse people yeah and i had a three in retrospect
1: wow i mean i'm frustrated as fuck because the best i can do for weeks and weeks is a draw but I actually had a two, three, three. So you were two off. I had oh. a two for anticipation, just because I was like, "Where does this fit?"
2: It's a fucking podcast, Jeffrey. <laughs> but you have, but you have hundreds of podcasts. Gotcha. Yes, I have.
1: Right. This is the sure. thing I wanted to just briefly mention on our podcast. We should. We, we need I to get the media many back many in here
2: because yeah, is anticipation should it be based on where can I fit it? in? <laughs> because oh, that's no, both that's of just, our The where can I
1: fit it in then led to this feeling of as opposed to <laughs> jumping on it. I, I had to, it was a feeling and it, the feeling characterized itself as this Christopher, the number two. So mediator you're not needed. Thank <laughs> you. That actually covers that. Enjoyment was like, I think that th- covers that <laughs>
0: three is just
1: the chunkiest. It was yours for feels like going home to right. Three is just the chunkiest. Mm. Nice one. If anything, it was like, oh, it was almost a four for thinking about afterwards, but I think it th- it, th- it, th- yeah. it stayed in the nice solid three range. So we're both two off today. It is a draw. Um, I think there's still so much fallout, as you're seeing on all the on the blogosphere from our um, competition episode. Uh, Still a lot of fallout there. But don't worry, fences have been mended, you know, for now until another theoretical season finale where things get hashed out again. Um, Everything is fine on the cultural content consumption appraisal hour. What we would like is for you to email us at... um, our email address which i know off by heart and i don't at all need to like go on <laughs> to my email and like read out but it is ccc appraisal at gmail.com and our twitter is twitter.com forward slash ccc appraisal pod now twitter is now known as x depending on when you're listening to this it might no longer be christopher did you see this thing about how he's literally tried this at every company paypal whatever he's always like let's just call it x <laughs> can we call this pod x the x appraisal pod like shut your mouth mate okay um but also find us on his app sorry that's i'm just, just letting
2: you go that's the app we're
1: on um i was just talking to chris earlier about uh, i struggle with instagram so we're still talking about how we should have one um and shout out to brew.ding the best reading based beer blog in the game today uh so even if uh we're they should be a sponsor they should be a sponsor or well, we should be their sponsor it should be a sponsoring everyone patting each other on the back these are our socials for now when i say our socials let's let's just let's um, just clarify it's one email address and be... one twitter account and you know them by yeah. now yes Chris, and a website the website's the key one ccc appraisal hour dot show let's Where you go can find all of our show notes and the current scores Listen, the things the people need to know, especially with all the fallout. Are you ready for some pitches today?
2: I'm really not. No. can you go first of course i can. i i've got a cu- i've got a couple in, nice. in the chamber um i've dropped no easter eggs so <laughs> oh interesting
1: okay i've i've dropped Have no easter you? eggs
2: either no um my streak is over so okay.
1: sometimes you've got a. I think we were discussing this right sometimes you've got a, a bit more of a current affairs one sometimes you've got a bit more of a, a hidden gem from my past one sometimes i'm just i'm going off what you gave me and going off what you oh, gave me this was very much a you know what this reminds me of? And you know what I used to have serious fun with to work backwards a bit. Someone who seems to be like a King of a certain realm of podcast right now is Conan O'Brien. He has all kinds. He's got some late night one. He's got Conan O'Brien needs a friend. He's all over the shop. I always find it really interesting where the podcast, <laughs> uh, kingdom is just so vast and varied now that even like, I feel like we're huge, um, arrested development people. And there's a smartless podcast with Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes, And, like, I feel like I've listened to, like, two or three episodes. Christopher's maybe listened to, like, some. But, like, there's so... I listened
2: to one and I didn't enjoy it. (laughs) You didn't enjoy it, I remember.
1: It's just, uh, to me, it it speaks of a very interesting... Just, like, everyone's doing one. So, like, back in the day, I'm just... I think the point I'm making is, like, back in the day, if that was, like, one of very few podcasts, Mm. we probably would have listened to every episode. There's just too much, right? But ten years ago, there wasn't quite as much. And Conan actually came out hot out the gate here... With not only a podcast but a video accompanying podcast and he called it (laughs) serious jibber jabber with conan o'brien and i think either his first or one of the very first um episodes was a simpsons writers reunion so um it's a podcast with conan o'brien poker face poker face poker face poker face face. (laughs) (laughs) someone looked happy for a minute it was a bit of a christmas morning feel but but he's doing a poker face now it's conan just sitting around a table with four writers from the simpsons um and yeah it's the good old days where i thought i was gonna strap in for serious jibber jabber with conan o'brien being his long established podcast brand he's ended up changing like 10 times since or maybe just the once but (laughs) he definitely didn't keep that one is Um, there an
2: episode number for this or
1: i I I literally think it might be episode one but when i click on it and it starts playing um, no, there is no episode number, but it's from April the eighteenth, twenty thirteen. So it's oh, it's a this is uh, like a an aged podcast at this point, which is really interesting. But I'll send you the link. It's annoying that there's no number, which is why I'm really happy that you started putting numbers for us. Thank you, Conan on TBS on the Team Coco YouTube channel, and that is your pitch for this week. Cool. cool, cool Listening cool, cool. to the I, Always Sunny podcast. I'm still torn. Gone. Still <laughs> torn. Okay. While I while I just say this, you can try and untear yourself that always sunny podcast kept talking about the comedy writers room version of pitching and they kept using the word mm-hmm. pitch and i was like this is we're almost using the word in the same way but we're not quite are we no pitching the things that we're pitching is not quite
2: pitching ideas but i'm, g- I'm gonna do something very odd now
1: because when we I... pitch we're telling the person there's no pitch a pitch is where someone will yes or no it or add or subtract <laughs> to it
2: our pitch. Wait, just... when we had the idea of like vetoing, <laughs> didn't we? And oh, then vetoing ha- could have been a whole and thing. Then having to take the second pitch every I now and again. I think, to think to
1: when take. you would be getting wins, you should be accumulating points that then you can spend. But then I'm like, the fuck. All <laughs>
2: Like five points for a veto, I don't know. Do we have in-pod purchases as well <laughs> yeah, that's to get more coins? That's in-pod <laughs> purchases for more
1: coins. That proper pop me. That's really good. But it's more like setting homework than a pitch, but that doesn't sound nearly as catchy. Sorry, what's your pitch? You were just I have about homework to written point. above the first pitch you exactly. gave me. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh it
2: feels that way. I'm going to tell you to watch. Yes. <laughs> uh, episode one of the latest series of Black Mirror. Oh, poker Face. <laughs> poker Face. That's season six. Yes, it's called Joan Is Awful. Joan is awful. And I've fuck. heard lots about this. I have yeah. not watched it yet. Oh um, but you're gonna but it's a very interesting premise from what I've heard. Mm. So therefore I think again it's topical. Mm. Um it's current and it's new stuff. Fresh. <laughs> yeah. It's out now. It's something that is uh, recent. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and, yeah, but I it, think... it even made it into my tech podcast as wow. it got a shout out because there was some funny stuff going on with it. So, and I've been told to watch it by my partner. So. Gosh. So Um,
1: you're being set homework left, right, and center,
0: mate. (laughs) You're
1: just in the middle, like, okay, content, okay. (laughs) Um, Fantastic. So I'll be calling in sick next week. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So if you're listening along and playing along properly, one day, one day, Christopher, someone is going to listen along to all our episodes and consume all the accompanying content, maybe making their own sort of shoulder react episodes to our episodes. And at the end, when this show ends, we're going to meet this person and uh, they're going to turn out to be wait, crazy wait, 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 wait,
2: wait, wait. The show's going to end?
1: Well, like, I'm predicting in a, a future where it's going to end as sort of like a TV special that then premieres because we've gotten big TV contracts to do this as a TV
2: gig. It's that ah, yes, 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 yes. Oh, of you course, of course, course, course.
1: And the executive producer <laughs> of that TV show will be this super fan and then me and you afterwards are going to be like, oh my God, that guy's a bit strange can you imagine listening to this show <laughs> um but if you want to listen and watch along and do all the things uh, or at least dip into be aware of to reiterate it's the simpsons writers reunion serious jibber jabber with conan o'brien on youtube and black mirror season six episode one joan is awful that is what your boys will be enjoying this week but for now we have reviewed things we have chopped it up we have talked we've reminisced we have dreamed we have despaired and lamented
2: we have come together we have tried to share our socials we have tried <laughs> we've tried to have
1: socials we feel ambivalent <laughs> about socials ladies and gentlemen shall we be honest it's really hard to come back from the social dilemma and just be super into it so we're trying to feel our way around this <laughs> or we're just um... whose fault is that <laughs> <laughs> or we're just too busy to make the content that would make being on the socials a bit more fun because as i was talking about you know to have some sort of unique individual presence on there seems to me to be the key and so far i think We've had two—a GIF and a screenshot. I mean, we have to figure something out. So, until we do figure something out, come, come here, come to the, come to your plant-based meet, the podcast itself. Um, and we really appreciate having you, and we look forward to seeing you soon. And now, uh,
0: goodbye, and take care. If you don't like when we misspeak or boost the audio or unpeak. The microphones bleed, cause they're so cheap We're sorry to your ears If you don't like the intro Or the bit in the middle, of this outro Or if you don't like the whole show Question why why were you here? If you don't like the podcast If you think we both speak too fast Too many tangents never stay on task Pick up a book instead If you don't like what we recommend, if your patience wears thin towards the end, if you think you could do better with your friend, please go ahead. If you don't like this content, or like me, the word content, then please go be more content and never listen to us again.